It's Clive DeCarl from the Health Revolution and today we're going to be talking about a serious and adult subject and I think both men and women are going to find this particularly interesting. I've had to recut my questions to Spencer because I had a few problems with the sound but I don't think that'll matter. Hope you enjoy this. Hi Clive, it's nice to see you again. So uh, today I thought we might talk about uh, erectile dysfunction. Uh, it's uh, something that actually a lot of men go through. Uh, and surprisingly, it's something that women can experience. And I'll talk about the female version of erectile dysfunction in a bit. But let's start with for men. Uh, a lot of men get this. Uh, I think the uh, numbers are something around 50% by the time you're 40 or 50. And the numbers get worse. And a lot of guys, uh, they won't talk to their doctor about it because they're embarrassed or they think it'll go away. And sometimes it goes away if it's predominantly stress-related. But uh, sometimes it doesn't go away. Sometimes it gets worse. And for the kind of things that get worse with time, you really want to address them sooner rather than later. Uh, there tends to be a logarithmic or exponential uh, increase in certain issues that the body has. So better to get it when it's a small snowball at the top of the mountain rather than a giant avalanche at the bottom. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, erectile dysfunction. <clears throat> there are a number of uh, things that uh, a man has to understand about how, to, uh, how an erection happens and how it can go wrong if he wants to be able to maintain that uh, into his uh, senior years. So the main issues tend to be uh, hormonal, uh, circulatory, and then what I would call nitric oxide, but that's really hormonal again. But that's the order in which I want to talk about it today. So let's start with uh, the commonly understood hormonal part, which would be, would be testosterone and estrogen. And I think we'll start with, uh, with estrogen. As a man gets older, there is an enzyme called aromatase that will convert testosterone into estrogen it's a feminizing hormone, and a lot of men, by the time they're 50, they can have more estrogen and testosterone in their systems, and their, their partners, uh, their wives or girlfriends, if they're heterosexual, can have more testosterone than they do. So there can be an inversion. A lot of times you'll see uh, a man reaches 40 and 50, he become, becomes uh, a little he might start to uh, cry at movies, get emotional. He might start to get a little uh, pudgy around the belly, uh, a little soft. This is another estrogen sign. So uh, one of the first things that's important for a man to be able to keep his vigor as he gets older is to be able to keep estrogen lower level. Uh, additionally, we have things like xenoestrogen in our water supply. We have the current fat with soy products, which are very high in uh, phytoestrogens. Uh, uh, so being able to deal with rising estrogen is the first order of the day. And what you want to do for that as a man is uh, one of the things is to suppress this aromatase enzyme so that the testosterone that you do have 
stays as testosterone, stays functional. The next uh, step in that hormonal cascade that happens to men as they get older is that they can lose the testosterone itself. So the first step is the testosterone they have can convert to estrogen. The second issue is the testosterone they're making, well, they don't make as much. And as we get older, we don't necessarily make as much of anything. But in terms of testosterone, when the testosterone drops directly, we're looking at uh, a loss of muscle tone. It's, uh, heart relies on a level of, uh, of testosterone to remain healthy. We're looking at um, uh, mental capacity. So memory, mental acuity, uh, psychologically, testosterone is associated with drive and motivation. So you can see uh, men starting to lose their, their motivation, uh, their edge competitively, whether that's in sports or in the boardroom uh, or in whatever way in which they interact with the world and they need that competitive masculine edge, that starts to go. So to raise testosterone is the second thing that we would want to do. Uh, there's a, a few uh, things you can do for that. One is cold exposure. So uh, Wim Hof, if you've heard of him, uh, you can look into him. All of those things where your body is exposed to extreme cold. And that can run the gamut from ending your hot showers with as cold as the water, as cold of water as will come out. Uh, if you have access, if it's wintertime and you have a piece of property, uh, what you can do is have a big tank of water and let it freeze, just leave it outside and get out in the mornings and crack the ice and jump in for a few seconds. Uh, if you live in a city, there are facilities now uh, where you can go and go into a small enclosure and get blasted with uh, liquid nitrogen, cool air, and get cold that way. There's something about how uh, cold water affects the body and one of the things it does is it raises testosterone. So that's a great thing that you can do to add to your lifestyle. Uh, exercise, of course, is also a classic for raising testosterone. Specifically, the things that are um, the most um, intense in terms of, let's say, doing squats, uh, those things will all raise testosterone. Additionally, there are uh, herbal ways to do it. There are a lot of plants that will raise testosterone. Uh, so we can go to the herbal kingdom too, to help us with testosterone. So actually we can go to the plant kingdom to help us both with suppressing aromatase uh, and with increasing testosterone. The uh, next thing would be uh, dealing with circulation. And the main circulatory challenges would be due to calcification and uh, plaque formation and scar tissue. So with calcification, uh, we're looking at things like uh, EDTA. Uh, the metacardium product that you make contains EDTA. And you're going to want an EDTA that does not already have calcium on it. If there's calcium already on your EDTA, it can't pull up more EDTA. So you actually mean calcium, don't you? Right. Uh, EDTA that is bound to calcium, if it sees a calcium 
it won't have the charge to remove it. It can only remove the next thing in, in the order of operations. So it could remove a lead, but not a calcium. If you use um, a magnesium EDTA like we use, it can let go of the magnesium, which now the magnesium is a supplement. It's in the body, has it donated, and we tend to be low on that. And then it can take a calcium. So the whole body tends to turn to stone as we get older, and the penis and prostate are no exception to the rule. Uh, delivering things uh, via suppository is great for the uh, penis and the prostate because location, location, location here. You're an inch from the prostate, and one-third of the blood vessels that are in the, in the hemorrhoidal complex in that area where you put a suppository in go right to the pelvic and sexual regions. So the calcification is an issue. The, uh, another issue we have is with plaque. And the difference is plaque uh, isn't necessarily calcified. There will often be calcium in it, but it will be more um, fibrin and uh, other kind of um, softer things as opposed to actually the calcium stone. And so the ability to break down the plaque is also important. Uh, and then there's scar tissue. And so let's talk about these a little bit. I mentioned that EDTA without calcium is the way to deal with uh, the calcification. Now, what people don't realize is that uh, the heart, the coronary arteries, heart, they can be 90% blocked and the person doesn't even know anything's happening. They might get a little angina. Uh, there's lots of people that people here who get a little angina, they go get a stress test at the doctor's office and the doctor is tells them that he's scheduling them for surgery that day because their arteries were that blocked. The heart does not give us a lot of warning. And it's unfortunate because it would be good if it would. But the penis gives a lot of warning. 5% uh, blockage of blood flow to the penis is enough to start erectile dysfunction. So we can use erectile dysfunction as an early diagnostic window to the heart of the health, uh, the health of the heart. If the if a person is getting very strong and vigorous erections, there's a pretty good chance the heart's doing okay. If the person's not getting good erections, there's a possibility the heart's not okay. So it's not the kind of thing that a man should say, well, you know, if, if he's older and perhaps not in a relationship and he goes, well, what do I, you know, what's the big deal now? I don't, I'm not, I don't have a sex life at this point. And it is a big deal because it is an indication that the heart can be having a problem. So uh, we want to be able to dissolve the calcium and the soft plaque. Uh, and then there is the scarification of the penis. And what happens is when tissue doesn't get enough oxygen, uh, there are hypoxic soluble factors. There's these chemicals that are secreted into the tissue that cause the tissue to scarify. And I believe that this is a protective mechanism so that uh, this tissue that might become uh, cancerous uh, is replaced with scar. In any case, uh, the, when, this, when there's not enough blood flow getting to an organ, and, and that happens with a penis, uh, it begins to scar. And you can see this uh, in, a, I think the number is 23% of men at autopsy have Peyron's disease. Their penis has twisted so much that it's visible uh, right there on the autopsy table. 
So it's not necessarily a matter of if, but when. Uh, if men are, uh, so scarification is an issue. And the way to deal with scarring, from my perspective, is to use serapeptase, which is the enzyme that silkworms use to digest their way out of the cocoon. It just so happens that the uh, cocoon is very similar to scar tissue humans. So the enzyme that goes after the cocoon can break down the scar tissue. So uh, our Notoplex product has serapeptase as a suppository. So that is something uh, that you could consider if you think you might have some scar tissue. So uh, how about with diabetes? What's the situation there? Right. So the diabetic situation, uh, um, when the sugar goes up, um, tends to uh, tissue, but you also end up with what are called AGEs or uh, advanced glycation end products, which is about uh, the aging process, which we could also talk about. Uh, sugar tends to form these glue-like products that clog everything up. And it, there are, there's a lot of research going in on, on how to break these AGE complexes. And we know how to break some of them in mice, uh, but the ones that happen in humans predominantly are not that type. So uh, I look forward to when that research comes out because I'm going to be the first person to be adding that to my morning smoothie. So, yes, for sure, the, the diabetics, you know, unfortunately, uncontrolled, uh, starts losing circulation. It starts in the feet and works its way up um, from the extremities. And the sexual organs, you can consider an extremity. And so could you consider the, the brain as an extremity relative to the core organs which is why you see so many diabetics with diabetic foot ulcers or amputations, with impotence and with uh, eventually dementia, unfortunately, uh, because the uncontrolled blood sugar has caused so many problems. So we have the hormonal part. We have the testosterone, the estrogen going up. We have the testosterone coming down. And then we have the calcification and the plaque uh, and then the scarification. Uh, so we're adults here, so I'm going to uh, be a little bit more explicit to the men that are out there. During, you should observe yourself during the process of becoming erect. And if at any point in time uh, the penis starts to turn or twist or bend, or it looks like it's inflating unevenly, like there's a band of constriction somewhere. This is during the process of erection. Then that is likely to be scar tissue. And the scar tissue, once it starts, tends to get worse unless you address it because the scar tissue decreases the, the, uh, the circulation and the oxygen, which generates more scar tissue. So, guys, you know, this is uh, something that we ought to know about our own bodies. Uh, observe yourself and see if uh, you're starting to veer to the right or left or, or twist and rotate. The uh, another issue that I mentioned was nitric oxide, which uh, we now know is a hormone, even though it's a gas. And uh, nitric oxide is a very fragile hormone. It can be destroyed by a very common free radical in the body called superoxide. And it can turn it into something called peroxynitride, which 
not only is no longer functional as nitric oxide, but is carcinogenic in its own right. Uh, you've heard of superoxide dismutase, it's uh, in our Rejuvalon product. Uh, that is the enzyme, uh, the, anti the antioxidant enzyme required to mm, quench the free radical superoxide. So if somebody has uh, a lot of free radicals going on, which happens with age, and a lot of superoxide radicals are being generated, they can start the process of getting an erection. They can have perfect blood flow. The nitric oxide comes in. The nitric oxide is what uh, uh, actually creates the, the erection in the first place. Uh, the nitric oxide gets made, and as soon as it's made, it gets destroyed by the superoxides. Uh, a healthy man should uh, wake up or early in the morning wake up with an erection. There's a natural surge of testosterone, and if he's healthy, he wakes up the same at 80 as he did when he was 18. He wakes up with that experience in the morning. And if a man is not doing that, well, you can say it's, it's age, and, and that's acceptable. But you, you should understand that you don't have to age that way. You can still be completely virile to the day you die if you can control your hormones, your circulation, and protect the nitric oxide. So how would you go about uh, correcting, making ensuring you've got enough nitric oxide? Uh, I think the best way to, okay, so there's a lot of supplements to increase nitric oxide. Uh, we have a product called Andropack, which we uh, make available to men and women. And it's, uh, it's there to support the body in proper testosterone and estrogen and nitric oxide production. Uh, so, uh, for instance, uh, arginine and citrulline uh, will generate uh, nitric oxide. So we can add those to our diets to make the nitric oxide. But if I were putting together a protocol, I have put together a protocol. Let me share my protocol with you. Uh, the protocol would be something to suppress uh, the conversion of testosterone into estrogen, that aromatase enzyme. Uh, personally, uh, I think that the ingredients in our endosterol suppository have a lot of potential for that, uh, for supporting the body's proper hormonal balance in terms of uh, estrogen. When a man may, has more estrogen than testosterone, could be as early as age 40, sometimes younger, I call that a hormonal inversion, and so that's you know, what we're trying to avoid. If we're dealing uh, to the degree that we're dealing with calcification, uh, EDTA is my go-to, and so someone might consider the metacardium product uh, to support healthy uh, calcium levels in the tissue. For uh, the scarring and uh, the placking, uh, serapeptase is my favorite ingredient. And someone might consider our Notoplex product if they're concerned with that kind of scenario. And then finally, uh, our Andropack product has a mix of things. Um, there's citrulline to uh, support the body's nitric oxide production. Uh, and then there's a bunch of things in there to uh, boost testosterone. But then the last product, so not finally, the last product you could say would be Rejuvalon. And the Rejuvalon is the mix of superoxide dismutase 
catalase and melatonin, to, which is what the body makes endogenously to deal with the three most uh, powerful radicals, which would be superoxides, hydrogen peroxide, and uh, hydroxyl radicals. So if you haven't, you, you could do everything perfectly right. And if you don't protect the nitric oxide from superoxide radicals, uh, no go. Uh, so I said something maybe a little controversial uh, at the beginning. I said that women can have uh, erectile dysfunction. So let's discuss that for a moment. And again, this is a mature conversation. So um, women have as much erectile tissue as a man does, except on a man, it's extroverted, extroverted, it's on the outside, it's in the penis. And a woman, it's inverted, uh, but same amount of tissue. Uh, and they uh, react similarly uh, in a woman when the erectile tissue inside of her um, becomes erect. She becomes physically tighter, but also the more sensitive, more erogenous zones in her anatomy uh, become more pronounced, um, kind of move to the forefront. So if a man is unable to activate his erectile tissue for any of the reasons that I mentioned, then he may not be able to get a satisfactory erection and can't have intercourse. A woman can still have intercourse without erectile tissue being activated, but it won't be as enjoyable for her. Right? Uh, so it's important for both sexes uh, so that it can be both functional and enjoyable. And the same protocol for a man uh, can work for a woman. Uh, women also need a certain degree of testosterone. They also need their nitric oxide protected. So it's the same kind of concept, uh, but uh, just a little bit of um, nitric oxide and protecting it can go a long way for a woman in terms of her ability to enjoy intimacy. Clearly beetroots are one of the easy ways to get uh, nitric oxide, yes? Uh, making nitric oxide is not difficult. There's a lot of pathways in the body to do it. It's uh, protecting the nitric oxide that you make. Uh, that's the challenge. And what do you reckon is the best thing to do that? Protecting it from the superoxide radical with the uh, antioxidant enzyme superoxide dismutase. The challenge is uh, superoxide dismutase does not survive digestion. So uh, if you buy it in a pill, uh, you're not going to get much out of it. Uh, but uh, it will have you very well absorbed rectally. And so a suppository superoxide dismutase uh, works on really well from two perspectives. One, it's protected from the digestive tract. Uh, so obviously there's no enzymes and acids uh, in the lower colon. And the second, it says its location is right there by the pelvic vasculature. So for somebody who's already lost their erectile function, how long might it take for it to return to normal working order? Okay, so the answer to that is it depends on what one or multiple things are causing it. If the problem is circulatory, it's going to have to wait until the circulation comes back online. Uh, I would say a month, two at the outside, but a month I, I would think would be, let me rephrase this. From what I've seen about how the heart responds to having its circulation improved with EDTA and seropeptase, 
uh, I would say that if the penis responds the same way, two weeks to a month, then major changes should be visible. Uh, if the issue is testosterone and nitric oxide and estrogen, that someone could see within a day. Uh, what I would say about the Andropack is it's a very powerful product. You only take two capsules of it. It's an oral product. And maybe once or twice a week for fun. To have. It, it's there as a bridge so that you can have uh, satisfying uh, intimate uh, sex life uh, while you're waiting for everything else to really kick uh, kick back online for you. So, uh, and depending on someone's age, they may find that, you know, uh, you know, to know to the Andrew pack once a week is, you know, something that really is helpful for them. If someone who's say in their sixties or seventies or eighties, the goal is not to need anything to use all of the things that one would take, uh, to get you to the point where you don't need them to, to wean yourself off of them. Uh, it's not always possible. Some people have done a lot of damage to themselves and just will need a little help. But um, with the Andropack, for those of you who are going to try it, uh, it's a very, uh, you have to uh, experiment with it a little bit. So you might note, if you take it in the morning, you might notice that uh, at lunchtime, uh, you're uh, having a, a better experience at work. You're uh, being more focused, uh, having better solutions, and uh, if you're in a position of leadership, an executive role, you might find it easier to step into that executive role. You might find it around four, you know, five o'clock. You go to the gym and you do a kickboxing routine. You know, you might find that you've got more stamina, more more energy. Maybe that night you could feel much more sexual, but it could be as late as 24 hours later for the final effect to kick in. So. Uh, kind of observe yourself as the various things in your body start clicking back into place uh, and the various hormones start coming back online, you might notice a staggered effect. You might notice it physically immediately or psychologically immediately, or it may take 8, 12, 24 hours. And are there any side effects that one should be looking out for? If you take too much. So any time you raise testosterone, you're going to raise blood pressure. So... Uh, I believe that taking two capsules once or twice a week is perfectly safe and doable. I would not do it if uh, someone has high blood pressure issues and they, they're going to have to wait and maybe work on the circulation first for a few weeks, get the circulation normalized before they pump the system up like that. So like any stimulant, you want to make sure that the, uh, the body can handle the stimulation. Uh, Theoretically, if you're going to uh, trigger testosterone, uh, you might downregulate it. I don't know. Um, so my thoughts for that are uh, you take a little bit of it to get the system moving a little bit, and you do it once in a while, but uh, don't, be, don't become dependent on this. That's why I say once or twi twice a week at most to get the system operational. There's a, when it comes to dependence, you know, if you take something every day, the body uh, downregulates; it gets used to it, and then you go back to where you started. But there is uh, an application where you take something that's a little bit stimulating, and then it starts the body uh, metabolically moving at a, at a better rate, uh, and then you stop, and then the body can go, okay, all right, this is what you want. 
Let me try to stay with this. How do you define blood pressure and what's your feeling about the individual's age in relation to it? Right, blood, blood pressure issues. So I'm not a physician and I can't give medical advice, but my thoughts would be uh, if the tissue is flexible and the vasculature, that's the arteries and veins and capillaries and microcapillaries are all clear, then you don't need to push so hard unless the fluid itself is thick. So what are the things that would cause high blood pressure? You could have thick blood that has to be pushed harder, or you could have normal blood trying to push through clogged pipes. So in terms of circulation, again, we're looking at EDTA and seropeptase. Uh, and in terms of blood sludge, have you heard the term an apple a day keeps the doctor away? That's not right. Apples, not, modern apples are, are sugar bombs. Don't, don't do those things. Um, but a lemon a day can keep the doctor away. Uh, lemon is, uh, and yes, there's some sugar in lemon, but lemon or lime will give you potassium citrate. And what that does is it adds a negative charge to your bloodstream. Uh, it increases what's called the zeta potential, which is the ability of the various agents in the blood to uh, bounce up, uh, not stick together. And uh, what we could do is we could uh, do um, a video where I'll take a drop of my blood and put it up on a screen and you know show you, you know, what kind of things are floating around in people. It's interesting. So uh, you could go and buy potassium citrate It's as a powder. It's uh, very potent stuff. So if you do it that way, again, you're going to want an analytic grade scale to make sure you're not overdoing it. Or you could do lemon or lime juice. And uh, I find that I drink an enormous amount of water, even though I'm parched today, um, and I'm at home because I have usually 10, 15 lemons and limes in my fridge. And I'll go over and I'll cut one in half and I'll squeeze it into a glass of seltzer water and drink it down. So it's, it's satisfying, so it gets me hydrated. So dehydration is, is a cause of high blood pressure. Yeah. Uh, and then the potassium citrate in the lemon or lime adds the electrical charge to make my blood less sticky. So it's thinner, so it flows more easily. And uh, what happens is, uh, I think we might have discussed this, uh, the municipalities are putting chloride in the water, chlorine, uh, and aluminum and fluoride. Uh, the, chlorine, the chlorine going in creates carcinogens. The fluoride going in damages the pineal, which we could talk about. And the aluminum flocculates the water. So all the things floating in there, because we're in cities, unfortunately, they're recycling their sewage water. Uh, it gets, uh, it'll cause everything to stick together and drop out. They can filter it but the aluminum gets into the drinking water. And then it does in our, our blood supply, the same thing that's happening in the wastewater treatment plants, which is it causes all the solids to stick together and fall out, which is the blood getting sticky and plaque forming. Well, there's other reasons plaque forms, but that's part of the whole situation. So the lemon or lime juice directly counters the aluminum, the, the zeta robbing aspect of the aluminum with the potassium citrate. So uh, lots of water with potassium citrate is my favorite thing, uh, along with dealing with the calcification and scarification and plaque formation.
Well, thank you very much, Spencer. That was extremely interesting. And if anybody wants to order any of Spencer's fine products, they're available from ancientpurity.com. That's ancientpurity.com. And available from Spencer's site, uh, Remedy Link. And if you added, at the end, after putting remedylink.com, you put in forward slash ref forward slash the number two, then I get a small commission, which would be fabulous. So that's remedylink.com forward slash ref forward slash two. Brilliant. Thank you very much for watching.